Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 141 of Starting the Conversation. I got it right that time. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and I so hope you are having slash have had a lovely long Easter weekend. I'm gonna be honest, I'm typically not a bank holiday taker offer. I think it's down to my complete lack of corporate experience slash experience of anything other than running a business means that I don't really get what they are, I never know when they are, and I don't really understand why I should take them. But thankfully, my brilliant team member, Emily, who is editing this podcast, is a real life adult. She understands these things. Uh, she's helped me to understand, hey, why not take a cheeky long weekend off when you can? I mean, when you run a business, you can take any cheeky long weekend off that you want, but you know what I mean. I hope you've had a good one. I'm hoping to spend mine doing a lot of paddleboarding and outdoor swimming. I feel like it's got to that point in the year. I am ready to brave I mean, is it even the cold at this point? I guess it's still pretty cold, but not as cold as it maybe was a few months ago. But I'm ready to get out and about and hoping to enjoy the outside a little bit. When you are listening to this, I will also be a whole year older. I am recording this podcast age 22 and you'll be listening to this podcast and I'll be age 23. Now, I don't say that so that you can send over your belated, you know, well wishes, cards, gifts. I mean, if you fancy, message Emily, she'll send you the business address. I'm kidding, please do not send anything. Not that anyone would probably want to or feel the pressure to, but in case you thought that I was being legit there, just to clarify, please do not. Uh, but I'm not mentioning my birthday because of that. I'm mentioning it because my birthday, which is on the 1st of April, fun fact, April Fools, I've had three surprise birthday parties and wish to never have another, marks not just my birthday, but the start of quarter two. Now, if you've heard me talk about goal setting, planning, working on your business before, you will know that I am a lover of splitting your year up into quarters, which if you're unfamiliar, quarters are just three three month chunks in the year. And they're typically uh, starting at the start of the year. So we're about to step into Q2. However, some people do begin their year at the start of the financial year, which is actually this point right now. So I class this as Q2 because I start my quarters at the start of the year. But for some people, this is Q1. It doesn't matter. Basically, April, May, June is the next quarter that we're about to step into. And I really love splitting my year up into quarters because for me, it helps to bridge the gap between the big picture vision that I set and the everyday action that I take. One of the biggest challenges that I see us facing as business owners is that we set this big picture vision. We know where we want our businesses to be. We feel clear on the long term, but we struggle to translate that into action in our everyday. Running a business is so full on. Your everyday is consumed by emails and to-do lists and content to create. Everything feels urgent and like a priority. So it's very hard to bridge the gap between that big picture vision and daily action without putting something between those two. And that for me is the role that splitting your year into quarters can play. Because by splitting your year up into these three month chunks and by setting goals for the quarters, you create these smaller milestones and make it that little bit easier for yourself to think in the everyday about what you need to be working towards in order to move your business forward. So what I wanna walk you through in this episode is three things that I'd encourage you to do 
as we step into and work through Q2 in order to make sure that it is as productive and as impactful of a quarter as possible for your business. So beginning with step one, which is to review quarter one. It's really important that before we look forwards, before we set new goals, before we think about what's to come, we spend some time looking backwards. Reflection is invaluable because when you know what has gone before, you allow yourself to look ahead in the most informed way possible. Now, if you set quarter one goals, if you follow the AB method and you set goals for Q1, spend some time reflecting on how those goals went. Take a look at every single goal that you set and question them. How did it go? Did I completely smash it? Amazing. Let's think about what helped me to smash that goal. What factors played a role so that I can know moving forwards what I need to do to help myself achieve these kind of goals in future. Maybe you kind of 50% achieved it. Perhaps the goal shifted a little bit as you went. Perhaps you realized halfway through the quarter that maybe the goal needed to look a little bit different or perhaps you got halfway there and this next quarter you're gonna continue with that. Amazing, reflect on what that looks like and what you can take from that. And if you've got any goals where you look at it and you just wanna bury your head in the sand and be like, nope, we're not acknowledging that one because I know I've not done anything on it rip the bandaid off and reflect on it. It is not a failure as long as you learn from it and as long as you take something from it that is gonna support you moving forward. I know how it feels. I had a goal in quarter one where when I got to my end of Q1 review, I was just like, can we just pretend that one didn't exist? Cause I don't wanna acknowledge the fact that I literally did nothing on it. But do you know what? By burying my head in the sand, I allow it to be a failure because I don't allow myself to learn from it. So take a look at those goals that you didn't achieve as well. Why didn't you achieve them? Was it because the goal wasn't actually the right fit for your business in the first place? Was it because something happened in your life and your business that you couldn't expect to happen and that really got in the way? Was it because you didn't support yourself in prioritizing the everyday action and maybe you set a goal that wasn't actually realistic for the time that you had? There'll be so many different factors at play and the more that you can understand what has got in your way, the more that when you set your next set of goals, you're gonna find it that little bit easier to not only set the right goals, but to support yourself in achieving them. If you haven't set Q1 goals, what I would encourage you to do is do this three-step reflection, which I love to do any time in my business, like end of a week, end of a year, end of a quarter, any time frame this works on, which is to reflect on number one, my wins, number two, my challenges, and number three, my lessons learned. This is a really great framework to follow, even if you're doing that Q1 goal reflection. And if you haven't set goals, this is what I'd recommend you do. So first up, you think about all of the wins that the last quarter or whatever span of time you're reflecting on has held. Now, of course, the obvious wins that might come to mind, get those down. Maybe you gained some new clients, maybe you hit a sales record, maybe you reached a milestone in terms of your audience that you really wanted to. Great, get those wins written down. They're very often the ones that come to mind first, but I'd encourage you to then take it deeper than that. Ask yourself the question, what am I ending this quarter with that I didn't begin it with? Maybe in the last quarter, you learned a lot as a business owner. Maybe you took a course and you really leveled up your own expertise. Maybe you streamlined the whole behind the scenes of your business and you're ending the quarter with a business that feels more efficient and more structured. 
Maybe you learn a huge amount in the last quarter about what's important to you and about your values in your business. Amazing, that is a win. Maybe you really built connection with people and you built some really great relationships and community. Great, that's also a win. Wins can look so many different ways and I'd really encourage you to spend some time reflecting on all of the wins, big or small, internal or external, that the last quarter has held. If you need a bit of inspiration for this, because if you're anything like me, I list out about three wins and I'm like, cool, that was it, we didn't do anything else. Uh, try scrolling through your schedule, like your calendar, scrolling through your emails, scrolling through your camera roll, scrolling through your Instagram archive. All of those activities are gonna help jog your memory because hello, January feels so long ago. So it can be hard to remember all of the things that a quarter has held, especially when we're also wanting to reflect on those smaller, more everyday wins. So first up, list out all of your wins. And then what I'd encourage you to do is to reflect on what has helped you to achieve those wins. The more that you can understand what helps you to move your business forward, which that's what we're just measuring here, right? Is how did you move your business forward in the last quarter? The more that you can support yourself in moving your business forward in the future. For me, one of the biggest, most powerful tools when you run a business is self-awareness because the better that you know yourself, the more that you can put things in place that are gonna allow you to show up as the best version of you. So once you've got those wins written out, reflect on what really supported you in making those wins a reality. And then once we've done that, it's onto reflection point number two, which is thinking about your challenges. This is where we're reflecting on what for you were the challenges that sat in the last quarter. What sticking points did you come up against in your business? What question marks presented themselves? I find that setting goals is one of the best ways to experience challenges because we often experience challenges when we are pushing ourselves outside of what's comfortable and outside of what might already be true within our businesses. So reflect back. What challenges did the last quarter hold? They might be challenges that you feel you worked through and you're on the other side of. They might be challenges that still feel incredibly present. That is okay. Giving airtime to your challenges isn't about inflating them and kind of overthinking them. It's more about acknowledging them because once you've reflected on the challenges that you experienced, first of all, you'll probably be able to acknowledge that you're a bloody hero because running a business, I feel, is a constant challenge and we don't always appreciate just how much we get done and we work through, especially when we're looking at a whole quarter. Number two, you can then do the third point of reflection, which is thinking about your lessons learned. As I already mentioned, nothing is a failure as long as a learning comes from it. And it can be a tiny learning curve that makes that challenge or makes that quote unquote failure worth it. So looking at each of those challenges that you face and also looking at those wins as well, I want you to consider what lessons can you take from that? What did the last quarter teach you about you as a business owner? What did the last quarter teach you about your business and what it's capable of? What did the last quarter teach you about the industry that you're in and the spaces that you reside in? What did the last quarter teach you about your audience, your ideal clients, your customers? Learning curves will be everywhere. We just don't always know where to look for them. So I'd encourage you, look at your wins and think, right, what does this teach me about me and my business? And then look at your challenges and think, right, 
through those challenges, what lessons did I learn? Or by reflecting back, what lessons can I now reflect on in order to use moving forward? So a three point reflection there. What were your wins? What were your challenges? And what were your lessons learned? And that is something I'd encourage you to do at any point in your business. If you're ever needing a check-in, do it for the week. I often do it, this is gonna sound really weird, but when I'm filling my car up with petrol, you know, and it takes like, I mean, it's probably in the grand scheme of things like 45 seconds, but it feels like a lifetime. I tend to fill my car up with petrol on a Friday because that's when I drive home to my family and I will stand there and I'll just do a quick wins, challenges, lessons learned for the week. It passes the time incredibly quickly and it just gives me that kind of check-in moment. So whether you're doing this for the quarter, whether you're doing it for the year, whether you're even just doing it for a day, spend some time taking a step back and reflecting. What were your wins? What were your challenges? And what were your lessons learned? By doing that, you're not only going to feel so proud of yourself for achieving all of that stuff and making it through all of those challenges, but you're going to be so much better informed to move forwards and think about the next quarter, which brings me on to step number two, which is to set your Q2 goals. Now, I love setting goals per quarter. I feel like 12 weeks is just the perfect time frame. You have enough time to really dig into something and make something happen, but you don't have so much time that you maybe give yourself more space than you need or give something so much time that you lose focus. Because 12 weeks, although it feels like a good chunk of time, does go quickly. So I find that Q2 goals, it keeps me moving at the right pace for me and for my business. Now, in order to set Q2 goals in the best way, what I would encourage you to do is to check back in with the big picture of your business. As I mentioned in the intro to this episode, the point of setting Q2 goals is so that you can bridge the gap between the big picture vision and the everyday action. And it's really important that you set goals which are connected to that big picture vision that you have. So spend some time checking back in on that. If you follow the AB method, you will have set yearly intentions. And if you're hearing me say the AB method, you know, like, what is this? Basically, it's a kind of goal setting and planning method that I follow and have created for my business. It's something that I teach to clients and students. And last year, I created a stationary range with my brilliant friend, Polly from Size Studio, which basically helps you to implement this method. I'll link it in the show notes if you wanna check it out and learn more. But just so you know, I'm not like self naming my own method. Polly named it that and it's just a useful title. But anyway, in the AB method, we set yearly intentions. And these yearly intentions are about capturing the long-term vision for your business and set intentions, as the name suggests, for the year ahead. So if you've got your yearly intentions already, amazing. Before you set your Q2 goals, check in on them. Spend some time reconnecting to them. Now, if you don't have yearly intentions, that's so fine. I mean, if you're listening to this at this point in the year, it's not too late to set them. We're only three months in and there is never a right or wrong time to set that long-term vision. So if you wanna check out more about setting yearly intentions, as I said, I will link the collection below because if you get the yearly planner, it includes a worksheet and a coaching audio from me that helps you to set those intentions and kind of work through that process process. Um, But if you don't want to do that, what I just encourage you to do is to just think, what is the big picture of my business? Where do I want things to be? What is the long-term vision here? Where am I wanting to be by the end of the year? So that we can then set goals, which are going to get you closer to that. So once you know that big picture vision, it's then about setting quarterly goals, which are going to directly link to those and therefore help you to work towards that long-term in the next 12 weeks. 
I believe there are three characteristics to a quote unquote good goal. So I'm gonna walk you through these so that you're all ready and informed to set the best goals for you. The first characteristic of a good goal is that it directly links to the big picture vision of your business. This is why I'd always encourage you before you set goals to check back in with the long term because the right goals for you are goals that link with where you want to be in the long run. It's very easy in business to begin taking on a lot of shoulds. Maybe we've heard someone say, or oh, you should really do that in your business. Or maybe we're seeing other people setting goals in a certain way. And we might look at that and take that on for ourselves and think, okay, that's something I should do. Or okay, yep, let's go for it. Let's do that thing. And we don't always take a moment to consider, hey, is this actually the best fit for my business? And is this gonna help me get closer to the long-term that I am working towards? So when you're setting goals, make sure that they are intrinsically linked to that big picture vision that you've set. If you're setting yearly intentions or you've already got yearly intentions, set a goal per intention so that you understand directly what that goal is linking back to and also so that you have motivation. I don't know about you, but the more practical goals, they don't really motivate me. Like one of my goals for Q1 was to work on my LinkedIn strategy. And I did not wake up in the morning thrilled to work on my LinkedIn. However, because I knew that goal was linked with my intention of having a more established business and a more diverse marketing strategy, I understood, oh, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And then I was so much more motivated and so much more inclined to actually take the action towards it. So number one, make sure that your goals are directly linking to the big picture vision that you've got and those yearly intentions that you've set. Number two, make sure that your goals are focused on action, not result. I see this a lot. People set goals which are, I wanna gain this many followers, or I wanna make this much money, or I wanna have this many clients. And whilst I don't think those are bad things to want, I mean, as long as you understand why you want them and you don't just want them for the sake of them, I don't know that those are very helpful goals because what do you do with that? The goal of I wanna get five new clients in the next quarter, okay, what am I doing today that is working me towards that? If you do have those more results-driven goals in mind, what I'd encourage you to do is set a goal that is focused on the action that is gonna get you that result. So for example, if I wanted to gain five new clients in the next quarter, I would set a goal which is maybe about creating and implementing a content strategy and being consistent with my marketing because that is the activity, that is the action that is gonna help me to get that result. If you're going into it result first, First of all, I think you can get focused on the wrong things. And second of all, you don't make it easy for yourself to know what action to take. So number two, make sure you're setting goals that are focused on action, not result. And number three, make sure you set goals that stretch you, but don't stress you. Now I am all for being ambitious. I believe the purpose of our goals is to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and to nudge us to do more than we would have done if we didn't have goals in the first place. However, there is a difference between goals that stretch you and goals that stress you. If you are setting goals without consideration for what else is going on in your business and in your life and the circumstance that you're working with, you're likely gonna set yourself up for failure because you're gonna make it really hard for yourself to take the action, to implement the goal, to therefore achieve the goal. So you'll likely end the quarter feeling discouraged, frustrated, and likely not having actually moved your business forward. 
This is about being aware of what you're working with and thinking about how your circumstance and what's coming up for you in the next quarter might play a role in your ability to achieve the goals that you've set. This isn't about being a victim of your circumstance or seeing these things as limitations. It's just being realistic and setting goals that are actually right for you. A stretch goal for me might be a stress goal for you and vice versa. So it's really important you're aware of what am I working with? You know, do you have a full-time job alongside your business? Are you also looking after a family? Do you have chronic health conditions which play a role in the action you're able to take in your business? We all have different circumstances at play and alongside these ongoing circumstances, you'll also have things coming up in the next quarter. So are you taking some time off? Is there a massive project going on? Do you have a big life? event happening. All of these things are going to play a role in your ability to achieve the goals that you've set. And being aware of them is just going to help you to set those goals that absolutely stretch you, but do not stress you. So quick recap, when you're setting your Q2 goals, directly link them to the big picture of your business, focus on action, not result, and make sure they stretch you, not stress you. Set goals that feel like the right fit for you and for your business. No one else can tell you what goals are gonna be right for you. So just question, where do I want things to be by the end of this quarter? Okay, what goals can I set that are gonna help me to focus action towards that? Once you've set your goals, it's then about thinking, how do you support yourself in the everyday to take the action? And this is where we get onto the third step of a productive Q2, which is about adopting productive habits. The reason I call them habits is because absolutely that is what they are. I think we often see these things as incredibly aspirational of like, it has to be all or nothing. I'm either like the productivity queen or I'm absolutely awful. And I think by having that mindset, we don't actually utilize these activities and these exercises for what they are, which is solely habits that support you in working in the most efficient and therefore the most impactful way. There are three main habits that I adore in my business that genuinely make my everyday so much more impactful and efficient. So I wanna quickly walk you through these and then that'll round this episode off so that you're ready to step into Q2 and have the most productive time. So first habit I wanna encourage you to do is to theme your working days and make sure that you're working when you work best. What I mean by theming your days is grouping together tasks, meetings, events that are of a similar nature so that you allow yourself to be that little bit more tunnel visioned, get into one zone for the whole day as opposed to jumping between loads of different tasks and basically just be the most focused version of yourself as possible. An example of this in my business is that the day that I'm recording this, which is a Tuesday, is a client day. So on a Tuesday and a Thursday, those are my themed days for client work. Aside from this little chunk of time at the start of the day where I can do whatever else it is that I need to do, which today is record this podcast, I spend both of those days solely on client calls. This means that my head is in the one-to-one client work zone all day. I therefore show up as a better version of myself because I'm more focused. And also I make it clearer when I'm thinking about booking other things into my schedule, what my availability is and also what it isn't. I try and then focus my Mondays and my Fridays are meeting free and they're about helping me to work on the business, create content, work with the team. And then typically a Wednesday for me is like my other day. If someone wants to chat to me on their podcast, if I've got meetings, if I've got random little tasks that I need to do, I'll try and focus that in on the Wednesday so it stays within those parameters. 
Theming your days is not about creating this really rigid schedule. There are times where I have to be flexible, or I should say I choose to be flexible. Flexibility is a choice and you can decide what that looks like in your business, but I don't stick to this every single time. But what I do is use this to give me that bit of a framework so that I'm not just looking at my schedule and it's like meetings all over the place and I'm jumping between different mindsets and kind of different hats really, right? When you run a business, you're jumping between so many different roles. You kind of make it easier for yourself to stay in one zone for a chunk of time. And it doesn't have to be that a whole day is a whole thing, but even thinking, okay, I try and get all my meetings done in the mornings and then the afternoon is my more free time or vice versa. Anything that helps you to group together tasks of a similar nature is gonna help you to work in a more productive way. And I'd encourage you when you're doing that to think about when you work best. So my friend Chloe, Chloe Slade, who I'm sure you're familiar with, Chloe does all of her meetings and calls in the afternoon because that is when her brain is at its best for speaking to other people. I'm actually the opposite, where I'm really great in the mornings at chatting to people and I have to work a lot harder at it in the afternoon. You know when you work best. So if you know, okay, when I need to write something, it needs to be the very start of the day or actually really late at night, the creative juices flow and that's when I'm good. Make sure that you're setting up your week and your day in a way that allows you to work when you are at your best. Know what works for you and give yourself permission to create a working schedule that aligns with that. So that is tip number one. Tip number two is to intentionally prep for your week and your day ahead. By stepping into your week and your day without a plan of what you're gonna do and when you're gonna do it, you're gonna make it really hard for yourself to not only feel kind of calm and enjoy the process of working because that feels quite stressful, but also to actually get the most out of your time and make sure that you're prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. What I'd encourage you to do either on a Friday night or a Sunday evening, I like it on a Sunday personally because it kind of gets me into the zone for the week ahead, is plan out your week ahead. Think, what are my priorities for this week? What are the main things that I need to get done? And this is where you can check back in with your quarterly goals and go, right, what do I need to do this week that is gonna work me towards those goals? What action do I need to take? Have a look at all of the things coming up in your schedule. Make sure that you're aware. What free time do you actually have this week? What gaps are there that you can fill? And then map out each of those days. I don't do a detailed day by day. I just do a rough outline of these are my meetings. These are the things that are already scheduled in. This is what my time is already allocated to. And then these are the other tasks, which are my priority tasks for each day that I wanna get done with that spare time. Then what you can do to prep for each day, and I like to do this the night before, so I arrive at my desk super focused, super ready to go, is prep the day ahead. So this is where you're doing a far more detailed outline of what you need to get done that day and what's happening within your schedule. Not to promo it for like a third time, but there is a bloody 10 out of 10 day view planner, which I've created with the Size Studio collection. Um, and honestly, it has changed my life in terms of planning out my day because it just allows me to see things so, so clearly. So if you wanna use that, be my guest. But even if you just have it on an Asana board or a spreadsheet or a scrap of paper, make sure that you have a to-do list. I know it sounds simple. I know you've heard it a million times before, but it's amazing how often when we need this stuff most, when we're most overwhelmed, when things are most full on, 
These are the habits which we lose first, despite the fact that they're the habits that we need to keep us sane in that season. So set up your week and your day so that you can enter them with intention and you know where to start as soon as you get to your desk. And then third and final tip for working productively is to use the Pomodoro method, which you might've heard before, but it's basically just about working in chunks of time and being more focused when you are working. The way that I like to see the Pomodoro method, it's a little bit like HIT, high intensity interval training, but with work instead of exercise. So what I like to do, and people use different chunks of time, so pick whatever feels right for you, but I like to set 45 minute timers on my phone. I'll put some, uh, what's the playlist that I love? It's called Lush Lo-Fi. I'll link it in the show notes. It's basically like vloggy music, which Rachel Waring inspired me to listen to. So shout out to Rachel for that one. Uh, I'll put that on in the background and I'll set a timer that the music stops after 45 minutes. What I love about the Pomodoro method, some people do 25 minute chunks, I do 45, do what works for you, is that it allows you to work in a really focused and therefore productive way. Instead of sitting down for four hours and being like, right, let's go, likely working in a pretty inefficient because you're pretty exhausted and unfocused way, you focus on exactly what it is that you are doing, you get rid of all distractions, you just look at the next thing on your to-do list, and then you work through from there. After that time is up, you then take a bit of a break. I tend to take like a five or 10 minute break. I'll maybe go for a little walk around my block. I'll go and do something in the kitchen. And then you come back and you do another stint. And once you've done a few of those stints, you then take a break for a longer chunk of time. I will let you explore Pomodoro more in more detail, but that for me is how I use it. And I find it really useful, obviously not on the days where I'm on calls or anything because the calls kind of create their own chunks of time, but definitely when I've got kind of open spans of time and I've got to work through a to-do list, using that method really, really helps me to stay focused and get the most out of the time that I've got, both so that I can get more done, but also so that I can take time off and chill and stop working when I want to. So that rounds us off for the episode with those three productive habits that I would encourage you to adopt and make work for you throughout Q2. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. How do you set yourself up for the quarter ahead? What learnings have you gained from that Q1 reflection? Come and chat with me over on Instagram. I'm at Alice underscore Benham and I will be back in your ears next Monday. So until then, all I have to say is take action, connect to your big picture, set some goals, adopt those productive habits and make Q2 as impactful as it can be for you. I promise you, if you enter this quarter with intention and focus and you make it as easy for yourself as possible to take action throughout it, you are gonna end the quarter amazed with how much you have got done and how much you have moved your business forward. So don't underestimate the power of this. Take small steps every single day, make it easy for you to action these goals. Break them down so that when you have 10 minutes free, you know exactly what you need to be doing to move your business forward. And take a listen to this podcast again, if you need a little nudge of accountability and a little reminder of what it's all about throughout the quarter. Thank you for tuning in, whether this is your first episode or your 141st, it is great to have you here. I will be back in your ears next Monday. So until then, I hope you have a good one. 